During the time it takes me to finish this sentence, nearly 5,000 new delivery orders will be placed around the world, with the number of global deliveries completed annually in the tens of billions. From a factory, to a plane, boat, or truck, to a warehouse, and eventually, usually with some waiting, your order arrives at your doorstep. This last leg of an item's journey, the last mile, is the most painful for the company, and by translation, you, and it comprises somewhere around half of an item's entire delivery cost. In the early 2010s, the solution to this last mile problem seemed obvious. Drones. Drones promised to deliver small packages in less than an hour with minimal friction, congestion, and cost. But for a number of reasons, be it weather, sound pollution, restricted airspace, or a number of other unsolved engineering problems, we sit in 2022 with most drone delivery projects in the garbage. While the problem still exists, Part of the solution might already be in front of us. Somewhere around 10 to 20% of the U.S. population is involved, at least recreationally, in running, usually a few miles a day, a few days a week, around their home or work. If the logistics could be managed, then interested runners could pick up and drop off small items as part of their daily run. Due to the minimal extra work for runners, the delivery cost would also be minimal, meaning consumers could realistically purchase inexpensive items and receive them in less than an hour. The runners would receive a small payment for an activity they were already going to do. Companies selling inexpensive items could finally easily reach their customers. And not to mention, there would be less delivery trucks on the road, and of course, no delivery drones in the sky. It would be an all-around win. This is the vision of Parcel.Run, a new company in the Boston-Cambridge area. They are offering 30-minute delivery on things like candy bars for $1.09, coffee for $1.99, or ramen for just 39 cents, with a minimum order of only $4. Of course, I have no idea if Parcel.Run will be successful, but I was interested by the intrinsic, near-frictionless foundational concept and generally surprised when I realized buying a power bar and coffee from them would cost me less than buying from the vending machine across the street. I wanted to hear more about this service, and I was lucky enough to get to talk with one of the company's co-founders, Ruben, all about this effort. What is Parcel Run? Right. Or do you just call it Parcel? Uh, parcel or Parcel.Run. Okay. Um, kind of interchangeable Either. to us. Uh -huh. um, I feel like usually it's more beneficial to call it Parcel.Run because when you say just Parcel, there people are like, oh, Parcel.com. And we're like, no, it's Parcel.Run. Um, so Parcel.Run, it's basically two facets. So one, one side is kind of... Um, high quality, lower cost delivery. So basically delivery of everyday goods at a lower cost than any of our competitors. That's our orange competitors, our blue competitors, our purple competitors, all, all of them. Um, and we're the green ones. And the other side of it, the side that allows us to get there is that our kind of slogan is powering delivery with exercise. Um, so basically we use, we use runners, mainly runners, um, who are already going to be exercising and we have them just like say like, oh, like I want to go on a run and I want to run four miles and I want to start here and I want to end here. And so we say, okay, cool. Pick this up, drop this off. Um, the, the main idea is kind of, um, what's called monetizing exercise mm -hmm. for them. Okay. Um, 
can you walk me through when did this start and how did you get the idea? How did it start? So when, so when I guess is, has, has a few different answers. Um, about five months ago or so, it's the idea kind of started. Um, that idea was festering and changing, morphing for a while. Um, and then about, let's see, it's the 10th today or what? Eight. It's the 8th? Yeah. So just... 7th. It's the 7th. Okay. Yeah. So just over a month ago, we actually started. Uh, maybe a month and two two weeks. And then just under a month ago, um, we did a soft launch okay. um, to kind of just put the service out there, mm -hmm. see how it goes. Um, yeah. Um, and I think you asked how, how it started. Yeah. How did you get this idea? Yeah. So I've always, I mean, I've always, when I was much younger, I was kind of a very intense golfer. I was, um, and I would run a lot just because kind of with golf, you don't get the full exercise that you need to be a golfer. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to supplement it, um, in yeah. order to be a good golfer. Um, my, I was playing and my wrist got hurt and I actually still have the injury. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I just said, you know what, I'll, I'll do something else. And so I went into rowing. I was a rower for a while. I've competed internationally um, in rowing and I also competed for the MIT team. I competed as a lightweight and heavyweight. Um, kind of in the end of my rowing career, I gained some weight um like like a good amount of weight i i'm almost back to mm -hmm. where i was i have like 20 pounds left okay um but maybe six months to a year ago started the kind of idea of oh you know what let's get back to a good weight and yeah. um maybe seven seven eight months ago my family got this training program together and they said look ruben do it with us and I did it, I was doing it with them for a little while. Um, we, it was like an exercise video that you had to follow along to. It was, it was okay. a bit entertaining, yep. but it just didn't feel very productive aside from the actual exercise part of it. Okay. So part of me really likes being productive. Like a big part of me just can't do like what what I what I do before going to sleep is I I learn things I go on YouTube and I like go like oh phys physics videos or like things like that like I don't like sometimes I do but I don't like being unproductive okay. um and so I was thinking you know what like I am technically losing weight and whatever but it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything productive I'm not making money I'm yep. not learning anything yep. so my my friend, his name is David Rich. He um, he went to MIT. He was in Simmons with me. Um, I was talking to him, and he was like, "Oh, look, I'm like walking for DoorDash because I'm so broke. I'm doing my PhD, <laughs> and I have no money. So <laughs> yeah, so, so like it's really nice. I'm walking for them, and I'm bringing stuff, um, and I'm making some money. And so one day when I was just procrastinating and procrastinating the um, that workout." I was like, why am I procrastinating this workout? And what would what would be better? So then I was like, oh, like I'll just 
do something where I can A, listen to a podcast, um, like Philosophize This or Sapiens. Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> And um, somewhere, something that you learn something. So okay. I would, I started doing that for DoorDash, just running. But the thing is, you have to screen everything you're doing. You have to make sure there there's no like open liquid containers. You have to make sure yeah. that it's a small order. You you yeah. have to kind of run with the thing like this without tilting it because it's food and it's someone else's food. So you don't want to mess it up. Yeah. Um, you have to make sure that it's a small distance that's suitable for running. So you have to do all this screening and hmm. the reality is that it ended up taking a lot of time and sometimes when you would get to the place you'd have to wait like 20 minutes especially if it was like chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is like always so busy yeah um so i was doing it for a while yeah and then i just like thought you know what like this has to be better there has to be a better way to monetize exercise it's clearly something that can be done hmm. um people have i mean people do it people walk dogs like th there's monetization of exercise yeah. and also on, on another level leisure right um so that's where the idea started and it was like how do we monetize exercise how do we give how do we allow people to do that because a big part of the mission is just like let's let's give people more incentive to exercise there are not enough people exercising in this country hmm. that's interesting yeah i thought um I have my own personal issues with um, delivery services and I wasn't sure what your motivation was going to be. If it was going to be something like annoyance with wanting things to be delivered in an hour and you have the option between either not or paying like $30. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually on that point, our current model mm -hmm. is we do 30 minute delivery. Okay. Um, that's basically just, kind of to get people interested in it to be as convenient as we can but the model that ends up being the best for what we're doing is actually like end of day delivery so mm. so at that point you can look at all the deliveries that are being done and you can optimize the routes um so you can you can make sure that a runner is being very efficient um because the idea is that you want the runner has to be your customer like hmm. if the runner's waiting a minute, it's not worth it for the runner. It The only way to give a really great service at a really great cost to the end customer is by making it so that the runner feels like they're just running. Um, so that's what we're setting out to do. That's what we're doing. Um, when you say end of day delivery, what do you mean end of day? Like nine o'clock? By like night? 8 p.m. Okay. 8 or 9 p.m. Is that when there's a lot of runners in this area? It's just that, yeah, I mean, there are, people mainly run around six or seven. Okay. Um, or in the morning. Sure. So basically nighttime deliveries that are placed for the next day okay. get picked up in the morning. Day deliveries that are placed for nine. And then and then pricing structures differ, differ for for a final model for example mm. um if you want if you want an end of day delivery but it's a half hour away that becomes a little bit more tricky but the end goal is like there's this huge amount of labor that's being performed sure and it's not being monetized by anyone it's not being taken advantage of by the end customer who wants something delivered to them. 
and it's 90% of the work. Mm -hmm. So the movement from A to B is 90% of the work. So why not give a, the same product, if not a better product at a lower price to the end customer and allow runners to monetize their run. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In, in high school and a bit now, but obviously a lot less now. I was involved with cross country and yeah. kind of long distance running. And now it's more powerlifting. And something that really kind of irks me on a physical level is uh, like you're just lifting, like it's it's absolutely lost energy. It's like lost effort. Like yes. you're, you know, you're moving a few hundred pounds and it's going nowhere. Um, at least like even like on a bike or like a rowing machine, you could at, in principle generate electricity, but like there's nothing you can do with a barbell. A lot of people have suggested, oh, if you want to monetize exercise, why don't you just make electricity from people biking? The thing is, it's really nothing. I mean, yeah. when you, you, you know how many calories you burn, oh, yeah. like running nothing. and it's nothing. Yeah. It's really nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more about the actual movement. Yeah. I mean, you, it's a significant amount for you. But it sure fucking but feels like, like it. Yeah, yeah, but like these lights, I mean, they're yeah. they're they're LEDs, so they're super efficient, but it's a big array. It's like but, a 50 watt light bulb. Yeah. 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 Like um, if for you to power both of these, mm-hmm. you can't do it for a day. Yeah. You can't sustain that for a day and it's nothing. The um like whatever, world's best cyclist pedaling at full capacity can like almost make a piece of of toast. Yeah, like I saw with, that. Yeah, video yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, and in rowing we use wattage a lot. So yeah. 200 watts, I mean, to a rower is not that bad. Yeah. But to someone who's not a rower, even mm-hmm. to you, like you're, oh, yeah. you're a muscular before. guy, like but hell. 200 yeah. watts is rough. Yeah. Like for you to hold 200 watts for eight minutes. Yeah. No. And you you can't do anything with 200 yeah. watts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, well, even like the peak, I don't know, you get up to what, 500 watts or, or even a, a kilowatt maybe, but, but like for like seconds, yeah, but like think, a think minute. About, think about this. Yeah. You do 200 watts, which is something you cannot do for 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you do 200 watts for five hours mm-hmm. and that's one kilowatt hour. Yeah. And one kilowatt hour costs six cents in Texas, maybe right. like 23 cents about or something in, in California. Mm-hmm. So at most tw- 25 cents yeah. for five hours of something you can't do for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so there, there are other better ways of monetizing that of, of, and for the runner that I think is, is delivery. Yeah. So let's talk about this delivery thing. Um, can you walk me through what it looks like? So imagine I sign up to run, um, just walk me through what that looks like. What's my experience going to be? Yeah. So right now we're mostly, so right now, if you want to sign up to run and I hope you do, um, maybe not, maybe in a year or something. <laughs> yeah. So you would be, you would be put on a wait list. Uh, mm-hmm. once you get onto the beta, mm-hmm. um, testers, which that's the stage we're in right now. Um, what you would get is currently it's text-based, but in, we want to finish it by the end of this month. Uh, we, Angel and I want to get it out by the end of this month. Um, and I think we're on track to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically you get a link to an app, you download the app, um, iOS or Android, and then basically the app has your profile and you have a big button that says like, I want to go on a run. You press it. Um, and then it asks a bunch of different things. 
takes those things back basically where do you want to start where do you want to end mm-hmm. how far do you want to go so basically it's your run yeah the exact locations that you go inside of the run are dictated by us i actually think that's a great feature um as someone who has run a lot and you know very routine it gets repetitive really quickly. it's it's the same run yeah you do the same run and then you're like i want to mix things up but then you you kind of get away from it because so i feel like telling people where to run is something that's very yeah very useful if just that and actually that's kind of that's what we aim to be we aim, we aim to be the best running app in the world so the running app of choice that you would be like okay i want to go on a run i'm going to use this app mm-hmm. and then you could also monetize it if you want yeah um but but yeah i mean you just put those um those things in five six seven different mm-hmm. um, parameters uh it goes back the algorithm kind of looks at all the runs um optimal routing di- di- different things are um taken into account sure and then you're given a run you're told okay go this place drop off here drop off here etc and then go home and we try to keep it within half a mile mm. of the desired distance that's reasonable yeah. um what does a runner stand to profit from a typical run yeah so the kind of the pricing structure um it's not fully set in stone the sure. the main idea is that pre- the runner gets pretty much everything yeah um at the moment we are subsidizing smaller orders yeah. with bigger orders so right with a f- four or five dollar order if it's performed by a runner sometimes I'll, I'll do it and all the money just goes to to parcel but if it's performed by the runner the runner is not going to make only what is profited mm-hmm. um because we actually we have very small profit margins sure um our pricing all of our pricing including shipping which is free um you actually get the items to your door at a lower price than amazon hmm. um than through amazon and so basically the idea right now is it's roughly this that the runner gets about two three dollars per delivery mm-hmm. plus the entirety of the tip right uh there are some companies that i think this is what you were talking about before um i won't name the actual company but there was one that was like oh the runner gets 100 percent of the tip but basically they make six dollars on the delivery and if they get five dollars in tip we pay them an extra dollar yeah so they get a hundred percent of the tip but right. they but they don't make any extra money yeah we actually get all the tip uh-huh. uh we get none of the tip um yeah the runner makes what they're gonna make plus the tip i see um so i am very into the idea of run your operations as lean as possible sure so that you're paying the people who are really doing the work mm-hmm. um as much as you possibly can and so so going there where do these runners get the stuff like so they uh, presumably they pick this up somewhere where where is that yeah so so we have a warehouse okay it, it's called it's called the spare bedroom okay. in, in our apartment <laughs> nice uh yeah we 
we have some like racks, uh-huh. uh, like the uh, the chrome, the chrome racks, sure, and sure. the roll Looks like and a everything. Couponers Paradise or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Like we we have a very strict rule, which is like if you want any items because they're all there. So if you want any items, you have to like actually go into parcel or run and order it, which is actually a pain because we lose we we lose a good amount of money to to the payment system. I was but gonna but ask that's about our, that. Yeah, yeah, so um so what, what what's your question? Oh, that? I mean, I know that Visa takes like 5% off of any transaction, something like this. So on a dollar transaction, you know, your margins are thin already. Um yeah. How does that work? Uh, that's why we have a minimum okay. payment. It's actually for no other reason. Really? Because we used to not we used to not have a minimum payment, but we did have a delivery charge. Okay. But I kind of feel like that's worse. I'd than, be happier with the minimum payment. Yeah. Delivery charge is somehow Yeah, it just court. feels worse. Like Yeah. Like the thing is we're our intentions are what I told you before. We're trying to get you the products as cheap as possible sure. and pay the runner as much as. So we're doing the balancing act. We're taking the amount of money that is needed for the runner to be yep. to to actually be motivated to do it. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you. Um, so that's kind of on the runner side. Um, actually, sorry, there was one other question with mm. the runners. Um, when I run. I sweat just profusely. Like how, you know, I'm imagining carrying like Butterfingers bars like in my hand and they're just like melting and like, it's like horrible. Yeah. Like, so there are a few layers to that. Okay. Um, it's really good that we're not starting in Miami. Yep. First off, uh, where I'm from. Yep. And the other layer is we encourage our runners to use a backpack. Good. It's a lot more, I mean, we don't have runners that don't use a backpack right now. Yep. Um, we'll see where that goes. Perhaps with medication, it can be a little bit different um, because it's easier. But yeah. but with a backpack, it, everything's just a lot easier. Yeah. Um, you can carry more, so you can make more money. Um, so what we do is we have plastic bags. We basically we seal the plastic bags before they leave us, mm-hmm. and then they go in the backpack. So you you don't really get sweat in there. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, yeah, running with a backpack is the way to go. I've had before, like, had like ice cream that I've had to run to like meet my sister, and it's like, yeah, doesn't work. I'm, a, I'm actually, I probably the biggest reason I'm still up north here is because I love skiing and snowboarding. Oh, okay, nice. And and I'm I just get a season pass every year, and with my friends, I'm always the guy with the backpack and the brownies. Yeah. And the, and the chocolate oh, you're the guy everyone loves. and the water yeah. and the beer and everything in my bag beautiful yeah <laughs> um along the topic of weather it's raining out or it's cold bless you um <laughs> <laughs> all right so um it's raining out or it's cold um you just don't have a lot of runners someone goes on a parcel.run and wants to place an order how do you get them their stuff yeah so i mean we're we're committed to getting the item to you uh-huh. and we are also committed to making our runners happy so if it if there's the storm of the century for example sure and it's snowing like crazy it's actually a much lower liability 
to run a short distance. And I mean, you see, you see people running during these storms. If there's anyone who's going to be active during a storm, it'll be runners. It's a runner. Yeah. yeah. Like they're crazy. Yeah. But I mean, right after the, the runner safety, mm-hmm. which is our top priority, the next priority is getting what is requ- requested delivered. So, I mean, if the runner wants to do it, and the runner is happy to do it, there there are surcharges that can be applied. Sure. Um, but if if runners really don't want to do it, we're not here to put runners into uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will. I mean. I will go out in the snow and deliver things myself if I have to. Yeah, it's yours. Because what's the area that you're covering currently? So actually, we just switched because of a request from someone at MGH. Okay. uh, A friend who who works there. Um, We used to do three zip codes in Cambridge, 02139, 02141, 02142. Okay. Now we're doing a mile radius around a certain location that I won't say exactly where it is, but basically um, parts of the edge of Somerville all through Cambridge Mm -hmm. to the end of MIT up until central. So central down to to MIT. Sure. And then MGH, the border of... um, uh, So like, yeah, it's just a mile. I'll I'll get a map. I'll I'll put a map on the video. Yeah, so basically... And and then all of Back Bay north of nice. north of um, Newberry. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, but point being is that it's small enough that if worse comes to worse, you and your team can handle we it. We can we can just yeah get make it uh, work. Uh, what's it called quads ATVs. <laughs> yeah, like. Th- there's always budget for an ATV, right? <laughs> In a startup, I'm trying to find room for it here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you as many technical questions as you let me, um, and probably a good place to start would be, um, well, it might not be a technical question, but what was, um, the hardest part of doing this so far? It's definitely not what you would think. So I'd imagine that you would think that the hardest thing might be on the runner side. Um, I would guess that it would be like finding a like near optimal path for, hmm. you know, runners and objectives. Yeah. So actually that is that theoretically is the hardest problem. One of the hardest problems in the world. Um, we have really good friends, really brilliant friends uh, who are helping us with that and who will be coming on board to to just do that full time. But at small scale, that's not a huge problem. Uh, you mm. can just do you can you can do the dumbest computations you want. <laughs> you can possibly think of with with hundreds of data points. Um, but the hardest part, finding runners is easy. Hmm. Runners actually find us. Hmm. Um, and the runners that we found, we don't have to bother at all. Can you give me a sense of scale? Do you have 10 runners, a hundred runners, a thousand runners? So right, right now we actually just have three runners. Okay. Um, 
the runners are, and then we have a lot of runners in a wait list. Okay. And what I was saying, what I meant before was basically the runners, most of the runners on our wait list just bug us. They're like, hey, when are you going to start paying me to run? Sure. When can I get on this? Yeah. The hardest part is convincing people to buy, um, convincing people hmm. t- who don't know who we are to buy from us. Hmm. Um, but And that that's where a majority of my time is actually spent. I, I don't do nearly as much development as I do um, marketing. Are you not getting purchases because people don't know about you or because they're like confused once they hear about you? It's, it's the, we're kind of just work. We are getting purchases. Mm -hmm. Um, We're, that's just what's the hardest part to, to do. Um, It takes a significant amount of time to get visits on the site. Once we get visits on the site, Hmm. the, um, there are purchases and then once we get the purchase we have a very high percentage of return sure return i mean it's it's hard to tell so far because it we don't know if uh but i'm not, I'm not even counting the people who haven't returned to us or right. a percentage of them i'm just saying of the people who have purchased from us over 50 percent have purchased twice Oh, yeah. I mean, I looked at your I was really struck when I looked through your website of like, you know, like a candy bar was like a dollar and ten cents. Yeah. Um, Dollar and nine cents. Dollar and nine cents. It matters. Um, A vending machine is like a dollar twenty five at best. Best case. I couldn't even find like I was hungry earlier and I was trying to find a vending machine that had a Snickers bar in it. I couldn't even do that. Just order from parcel. I I honestly might order a order Snickers bar and some some protein bars. Yeah, I need need to stock this place up. Um, Um, Yeah, actually, the thing is, we have there are some perhaps easier marketing channels that aren't sustainable or they are sustainable, but they're not indicative of long-term growth um for example hotels we don't do anything with hotels we don't do anything with part with people who are here for a short amount of time um which could be a great at least not right now because we Mm. want to prove ourselves in in the actual market of cambridge Mm. um we started right before school finished okay so now school there's pretty much no one in cambridge but we're marketing to people who actually work in Cambridge. Okay. Um, and that's been working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suspect that when people get back from school, that'll go up significantly because we were actually having a much easier time when people were in school. Hmm. Um, but mainly because it's easier to market to people who are in school. Um, we're going to start doing um, ads on on social media. Okay. I, I don't know much about the gram. But, but, um, but Dali, who's our marketer, Uh um, she, she's very good at that sort of thing. And there, Mm. there are some really, really cool images and, Mm -hmm. um, promotions that she's, Mm. she's been, that she has in the back, back burner. If you could have people wear like parcel, like your runners wear like parcel that run attire running down the Charles, you'd probably get. Yeah. What's that? that? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and parcel bags. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Parcel backpacks. The thing yeah. is, the other thing that is very important is actual, actually like decking out and making the bags that things come in pop out really well. Hmm. Um, is it like a plastic bag, you mean? Yeah. That the product so, goes in. But we we don't we don't really have that at the moment. Yeah. We we have like one of those thank you bags and we put sure like the smiley face thank you or like the thank the, you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. you. Yeah. And and then we have like a little parcel thing that we put okay. onto it. Nice. Um yeah. Simple, inexpensive, so that we can keep going. I mean, we're 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 funded by we're funded by this guy and and Angel were funded by a couple of credit cards that we took out with zero interest and nice. um, yeah. Um, this is actually somewhat related. So you have an idea, you know, you're an MIT student or recent MIT student, and then now you have a company. Kind of on the technical side, talking, you know, student to former student. What um like I don't know like there's like legal stuff, and I guess maybe taking out a business credit card, um, like where do you learn how to do all that sort of stuff? Is it easy? Yeah, it's easy. Oh, yeah. You just you just go online, you hmm. write, how do I do this? And it'll take, the, the focus is making sure that it doesn't take a lot of your time hmm. um, because you just do it as simply and easily as possible because your, your time is what is right. valuable to, to the company. I mean, not necessarily not necessarily because your time is so incredibly valuable but sure. because because you're actually putting the time sure did so you i don't know if we, i think we've mentioned this you were um an mit student here you graduated i guess like last year your course six which is six three yeah and that's computer science um, yep computer science and minored in music okay and did any courses prepare you particularly well did you feel overall um you know, well-prepared for starting this? I think the, the short answer is no. Um, yeah. Not at all. But nowhere, I think, would have actually prepared you for, yeah. for this sort of thing. The actually doing it is what's really yeah. prepared me. I don't think I would be nearly as ready or, or as able to do what i'm doing i mean knowing that certain problems are very difficult problems and need certain solutions sure the that's what i was prepared for yeah having a network of people and really good friends that that's the most important part about mit that's why mit is the best place in the world hmm. because the people are not pretentious the people are all kind and looking out for each other's best interests um that is what MIT gave me and what's really helped. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this with, with Angel and Angel right. is, um, I mean, brilliant and so trustworthy and really hardworking. Um, so that is what MIT prepared, but in the, in the classical sense of, do I know how to, did I come into this knowing how to run a company? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I figured. Um, it's always been my sense that the mm, least meaningful part of school was the actual, like, you know, stuff that you learn in the class. And like, that's the reason you're technically there, but that's, um, 
not why you should go to class basically um i always try to get my professors to tell me like interesting things about themselves or like interesting things about their lives because you can you can read all the facts in the textbooks it's fine the professors i think should give you their firsthand experience um yeah and i met just to say this i met all your friends downstairs they're all super nice dudes like what yeah i i don't know about grad Uh uh-huh but but in undergrad that is i so actually quick tangential story i i didn't want to go to mit at all really in in high school i was like i was like harvard is the best school i want to go to harvard um and my mom convinced me to do like so i wanted to go to harvard i wanted to row for harvard okay um so i got an official visit to go to harvard check it out they paid for everything yeah and MIT asked me to come on an official visit, but they're like, hey, we can't afford to actually fly you out and we won't actually get you into the school. So in Ivy Leagues, you get automatically into the school. In MIT, you don't. So the rowing team was interested in you at MIT, but they said... They were like, we can't get you into the school okay. and yeah. we can give you like 50 bucks for food, but <laughs> but we sold. We can't actually recruit you. Yeah. Uh, like in the classical sense of recruiting. Right. And... And I was like, why would I even go? Uh, MIT's like all nerds. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go. Um, and I mean, I'm a nerd too. But like, I'm like, <laughs> no, it's like not not my scene. I'm not yeah. just just math, whatever. I'm a rowing it's, nerd. I'm a rowing nerd, exactly. <laughs> um, so, no, actually, I, was, I wanted to do physics and all that. So I was actually a huge nerd, but... I I was like I I don't even have glasses, you know. Yeah, physicists are just the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I went to MIT and why do one, why do you pick MIT then? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I saw at MIT was that everyone was really down to earth, okay, and everyone was really kind, and every everyone it was just a meritocracy. Um, a couple last questions about Parcel dot Run and related. Um, some number of years ago. Uh, drone delivery was kind of like a big idea. And when I came to MIT in 2017, my advisor was telling me how there was a planning committee about how like around Stata, there was like a, like where are the drones gonna go for all the Amazon deliveries and like how are they gonna like design like the runways. Um, And now it's 2022 and it seems to have completely died. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of because this would this would kind of fill your niche of it's you know like five pounds or less delivery like under like an hour delivery um it didn't work at all it seems do you have any kind of thoughts on that uh yeah i mean it just i both i love the idea and i hate and also the idea kind of has shortcomings yeah um i had friends who were working on amazon Mm. on the drone delivery in amazon it's just that i mean there are a lot of problems with it my yeah. major problem is it's very loud um hmm. it's very loud things and actually there are two huge advantages that we have actually three plus huge advantages we have to drone delivery um they are a the humans tend to be a lot more quiet than drones. Um, B, humans are have a really good built-in autonomous uh, like 
route finding capability. Um, so humans are less likely to kind of have a bug and do crash, something crash into a tree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. crashing into something, right? Like yeah. if you crash into something once in a hundred thousand times, it's not really a big deal, but it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so humans kind of have that edge, but also like, I mean, we, we want people to exercise. So, yeah. um, I, I, don't think the drone delivery is going to be coming in to the picture anytime mm -hmm. soon, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope not. There was a period of time where it was like the hot new thing, yep. and it is just the most annoying thing to have a, dr a drone just fly over your yeah, head. You, you don't want that. You don't want it. Yeah. Um, I know that you're starting out um, just a few months in, but could you give me kind of a flavor of what you're looking at doing with Parcelot Run in the next weeks, months, whatever time scale you like? Well, right now we're doing our proof of concept. Will people, will people really stick to us and buy from us? Um, and the answer is almost definitely yes. If we're doing same as our competitors, um, same, um, product and service, if not perhaps a little better. Mm. Um, at a much lower price. So we're actually priced about half of our main competitors in, in the actual field that we're doing. And then the bigger guys who aren't really doing um, very short time delivery, but are doing like two day delivery, mm -hmm. we're priced still below them. Yeah. Um, so that kind of is there, but then the, we want to prove that people are actually going to run for an amount of money that'll make this sustainable. Right. Um, we've found from preliminary uh, surveys and people currently doing it that it's yes, but but we really want to prove it. We really want to bootstrap our way as far as we can um, before we have to take any sort of outside funding. Um, we have we have a competitor that was doing thirty dollars free for for the first for the first order uh you seem like you probably know know them uh um, no I, no i don't okay. but um that doesn't surprise i know that this is kind of like the way to um that companies work is you just suppress all competition by like ridiculous yeah. and like pe get people to buy in basically and then so do whatever you want we're we're actually kind of able to do that at break even mm -hmm. with with just our pricing structure mm -hmm. lends itself to be able to be much cheaper than the others. But, right. but of course we can't do $30. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Is, you know, free. if you were to do $30, you know, stipend, basically that would be financed by the bank of Ruben. Yeah. And, um, and two yeah. credit cards only goes so far. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. $30 is just not something we can do mm -hmm. uh, because we, we want to show that we're sustainable. Sure. Um, we don't want to become like, like these other companies are, billion yeah. tens of billions of dollars yep. and they've never been profitable and don't really even show any any path to profitability so hmm. um i i'm a fan of profitability uh i th i think it's a good idea it's a good strategy yeah in, in general yeah but but we'll see i mean I hope we can't really offer people that initial shock mm -hmm. of 
here's $30 of our products for free, but we can offer people the long-term yeah. shock of, of we're cheaper. We're actually less expensive. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. Again, I'll show this, you know, probably at the beginning, um, I think in a non-biased way, but I'm just, you know, presenting whoever listens to this, um, your prices are, um, shockingly low i'd say like in the most positive sense and i'll run because you have like gatorade uh like protein bars iphone uh, chargers bars. phone chargers yeah a lot of That'd people are surprised by how how inexpensive our iphone chargers are oh interesting okay yeah i'll i'll run through some of them through because it's um it's like very clearly right above margin um which is nice to see and, and the like margin is actually fine um the margin plus the running is actually just above yeah You're yeah right. okay yeah <laughs> um but uh it, it's at a point where it's i would buy from it i possibly will um just because like literally the vending machines around here are three dollars for a candy bar um uh probably second to last question um a little off topic is you know you got very involved in this project um over the past se several months if this didn't suck up all your time, do you have ideas on what you'd be working on? Like what projects interest you? Let me say something really quickly on the, the previous point that sure. you said. Actually, we are, we're actually cheaper than if you were to go walk to Target or CVS, mm. buy the things and bring it back. Hmm. Um, so we're not only cheaper than the vending machines, um, but to get back to your question, if I weren't doing this, what would I be doing with my time? Uh, as I said before, I, when I'm not doing something that before I was doing parcel, yeah, I was with my time that would be procrastinated, I've tried to not waste it. Um, what I was doing then was uh, the six months prior to parcel, I learned Chinese. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, Just Mandarin? Yeah, Mandarin. Nice. Did, yeah. You, did you go to China or? No, I haven't, like I mean, COVID. Bad timing, but, yeah. Um, no, but I have some Chinese friends and I speak okay. with them and I'm, I'm like, I can, I can get points across and get by. Like yeah. I speak way more Chinese than, than a, an Israeli Venezuelan kid should. Um, but it's probably like zero is like yeah. should. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, before that, it was huge binge on, on music and music mm -hmm. theory. Mm -hmm. um, I was working on a prior startup before. Okay. And, and it wasn't really something I was that passionate about. Um, and so it ended up not really being the right fit. Okay. But what I so what I found what I found out about myself is that really I have to be doing things that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm passionate about something, and I think that this applies to most people, but maybe I think mo many people are b much better than me at doing things they're not passionate about. Okay. So <laughs> putting their head down and working hard. Okay. Um, I just. I can do things I'm passionate about sure. all day. Things I'm not passionate about, it takes a lot of energy. Okay. Um, so I've 
once parcel came up i realized that that's something i'm passionate about and and it had to be done and it had to be done by me mm-hmm. or at least i had to do it sure um and so so that's why parcel is what i'm doing if if i weren't doing parcel i'd be doing something else that i'm currently obsessed with until i found what i was really really obsessed with yeah so mandarin music mm-hmm. um rowing was one of them got it yeah i, I think i'm similar um I don't feel I do things because they're a good idea. I just do them because I you know, kind of feel compelled to. Um, is there anything that I, I, that we didn't talk about for Parcel That Run that you'd like to? Um, let's see. Our Instagram is parcel dot, at parcel.run. Okay. P-A-R-S-L dot run, mm-hmm. R-U-N. Um, if, you go on par- if you go on our Instagram and follow us and message it, I'm not in charge of our Instagram, but Dalit is. And if you message her, she will give you special promo codes. So anyone who goes on, um, extra promo codes and possibilities for, um, what are they called, referral codes as well. Um, And if anyone's interested in becoming a runner or joining the team, uh, info at parcel.run. I-N-F-O. Um, just send an email. Someone will get back to you. Um, and yeah, we're, we look forward to running for you, for you guys. Um, and, and thank you so much for having me on the show.